This is a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. Go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Morning. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group radio show on Community Radio 3CR. Thank you to Democracy Now! for the last hour of current affairs. My name's Chris and Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. We're a show about uh, cycling and related transport issues coming to you from the studios of 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. And a fair bit on. You might have noticed this morning there was yet another one of those bike, tram, car commutes that uh, Bicycle Network were doing. Actually, this time it was a bike, bus, car <laughs> from um, uh, from Oakley. And it's, uh, yeah, it's out in the, at the moment, it's bus replacement time <laughs> out in the Packham Cranbourne lines, which is really, really annoying. Um, I've copped a few of these out there where you have to end up getting on the bus and you've got to make sure that you get on the right bus because if you're going to the city, you might end up getting on the bus that uh, takes you all the stops or you might end up getting on a bus that which is express. And to wit, I think if you're coming from Caulfield (laughs) further in, um, take your bike. (laughs) This is what the show's all about. But, and uh, it goes back to yet another bike tram car commute thing that um, RACV did last month and um, what was the best way to get around Melbourne CBD in the peak uh, peak hour and that was part of Royal Auto which is, uh, everyone's going what are you mentioning car things on a radio show well all these things unfortunately seems to be converging and um, if those of you who've got long memories you might remember back in 2005 Steve and I did one of these as well, one of these commute challenges on um, ABC Melbourne Radio with John Fain and a whole bunch of people um, kind of competing against the clock and whatever. There's one thing you've got to keep into a uh, com- bit of perspective with commuting too is sometimes the practicalities from door to door are really, really great, but it depends on... Um, how fast or how long you ride you do need at the other end to have a bit of time to you know tidy yourself up for the office or some offices you may not have to but it's just one of those things that uh, to keep in perspective now on today's show main interview coming up in a moment will be with mike bodsworth and we're doing a recap of the anglesey bike park um issue down there and it's all mixed up with uh, the state government want to rezone the area. Alcoa want to set, I think, believe, I think Michael set me straight on this, want to kind of sell a whole bunch of land as a block for residential. And this amazing little bike park has got caught up in the middle of it. And it's in, also embroiled on a whole bunch of other issues to do with Anglesey and how the state government, I think I've just mentioned, want to rezone the area and... The locals down there have, you know, again, uh, 
bit of a different point of view on what is really needed for their little town. Now, last week, if you were keeping an eye on the news, you would have noticed a really interesting merger between state uh, government departments, and that is Vic Roads and PTV become one mega agency, which was really, really interesting. Um, basically, the staff only got told on Thursday, and it will be a rejigged department of transport. And uh, at the moment, is kind of, again, you know, um, varying opinions whether this would be a good thing for streamlining projects and processes within these um, two rather large agencies and or staff are going to get uh, retrenched. Yeah, it, it's fascinating because does that, does that mean that, like, you know, the Vic Rhodes uh, brand, <laughs> for want of a better term, disappears? Interesting. Oh, there we go. It was a, a quote here from Daniel Andrews. We don't run a road, tra- rail and tram network separately. We run a transport network, adding that transport departments had functioned in a two separate way in the past. So will this break down silos? Will we get a better end result for us? As I was just uh, discussing earlier with um, today with, you know, um, Yet another, you know, public transport versus bike challenge, a car challenge as well. And uh, the thing that's uh, kind of the, the main thing in Melbourne at the moment is our absolutely booming population growth. And can our transport systems keep uh, catch up? Which, um, if you're doing the, the bus train shuffle down there on uh, the Cranbourne and uh, Packnam lines, uh, no, it ain't. <laughs> it's really really annoying and uh, just a couple of quick bits of news um managed to sit up just enough last night to watch the Coppenberg in the Tour de Flanders and yes it was jolly exciting uh watching people run it oh cycle over to uh, the cobbles at a alarming pace and some really really weird accidents I couldn't quite understand a few of the uh, the physics going on a few of them but uh yeah it was a fascinating ride to watch and uh something I just want to quickly bring up, which was great to see on the news uh, with the federal budget. Don't groan, yeah, federal budget. A independent candidate, Hugh Kingston, who's standing in the uh, New South Wales seat of Hume, managed to photobomb our um, Prime Minister with a cargo bike in the background as uh, the Prime Minister was speaking and Hugh started was riding past with a cargo bike with a big painted-on barrel of Hawk on the uh, front of the bike, which uh, which kind of really does show the uh, it's a beautiful exemplar of uh, what uh, the federal budget was all about. It is not about actually expenditure to you know because you're 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 taking administration of a of a country and you spend money. No, they just save it all up for these things where they've got to win an election. It's a uh, uh, it's a very strange way to run a uh, country, but that's a uh, conservative thought for you. Anyway, enough before I get myself into some strife. I'm going to take a break and I'll be back with Mike Bodsworth talking about Alcoa's sort of plans for the Anglesey Bike Park. On March 16, the Sentani region of 
Jayapura in West Papua was hit by massive flooding and landslides, killing at least 89 people, with more than 6,000 people evacuated from their home. 74 people are missing and 159 have been injured. This disaster is the result of torrential rain coupled with devastations of the mountains, also poor waste management polluting and clogging waterways, leading to flash flooding and mudslides. At this time, West Papuan people need your help more than ever. Help us. Reach our goal to raise $10,000 to provide emergency supplies, food, first aid, nappies, baby food and milk formula. All money raised will go directly to Yayasan Abdi Budaya Nusantara, a foundation facilitating the evacuation camp in Sentani, West Papua. Donate online at https chaforg project flood relief for West Papua. West Papuan people need you. It's time to help and don't make them feel alone. And you're back listening to Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio on Community Radio 3CR. And on the line today, I've got Mike Bodsworth from Anglesey. Mike. Hi, Chris. Okay, bit of a catch-up because I've had you on the show before. But yes. um, a bit of a catch-up on how popular the Anglesey Bike Park um, is down there. Uh, well, it's very popular judging by, uh, particularly at this time, like in school holidays, uh it's really pumping. Uh, judging by the petition that we, um, well, that you helped us uh, promote last year, Chris, um, we've had almost six thousand signatures on that. So uh, I think that that uh, testifies to how popular the bike park is, and also how deeply people feel about saving it from uh, from the threat that it's currently under. That I'm sure we'll get to in a in a moment, but. Um, we don't have any uh, visitor counters or anything on site, so our our visitor data is more anecdotal and it's more based on that uh, petition response. And also you do uh, have a lot of uh, visits from schools and uh, people coming through the area. Yeah, we do. Yeah. And there are six uh, school camps in Anglesey. School camps and uh, outdoor education is a really big part of the Anglesey economy. So the bike park is, is a perfect... Um, place and perfect activity for those uh, camp groups as well. So, yeah, the primary school just across the road. Kids frequently use the bike park just after school. And uh, and then almost all of those six camps are within, well, certainly easy riding distance, but um, they're almost all within easy walking distance from the bike park as well. So, yeah, we get a lot of, a lot of groups, a lot of organised groups, and then a lot of um, informal groups like... Uh, birthday parties and things like that. Yeah, so the actual activities at the, at that bike park, it's um, what, about a quarter of an acre, is it, or a bit bigger than that? Uh, it's one hectare. One hectare. And uh, and what, yeah. you've got things like um, berms and kicker jumps and single track, that sort of thing there? Yeah, so the, the kind of the, the star feature of the park is a four-cross track, which is a it's kind of a pro-level pro four-cross track. Oh, okay. Um, four-cross, you probably... A lot of listeners would know it was a a bit of a thing uh, a while back, but uh, as with some cycling disciplines, they can come and go a bit. 
and um, four cross is not so much of a big thing these days, but it's basically four riders on uh, on a course, which is something like a downhill um, BMX track. And it was designed by Glenn Jacobs, who, who at the time was doing courses for the UCI. So it was very much an international standard um, track. And around, so the four cross track really forms the spine of the bike park, which is on a, a moderate kind of a slope. And then we've got a single track all around the perimeter, which is particularly for kids to hone their trail riding skills. And then we've got a, a skills zone, which is um, sort of skinny log rides and um, a lot of technical features to, to hone technical skills. We have a couple of jumps lines. There's basically a, a beginner jumps line and an expert jumps line. And then we have a trial zone, which is um, for trials riders. And we have a uh, annually we have a round of the Victorian trial series. And um, as a lot of people would know, trials is also a UCI uh, cycling discipline with world championship and that kind of thing. So uh, yeah, we're we've really got something for everyone and it's very much um, from beginner through to expert or even pro-level features. Yeah, because something like that you could, you know, if someone was into gravel grinding and or some of the cyclocross stuff, you could um, you know, utilise it for a similar sort of thing? Well, definitely for cyclocross, um, there are, you know, there, there are a lot of technical features in cyclocross where you can... You can um, you can do better lap times if you're good at at uh, getting quickly through technical features. So um, as a place to go and train, it's great. But also the bike park is is um, sort of the hub of a of a big network of bush tracks. So mm. um, although most of those at this stage are not formally recognised as mountain bike tracks, they're, they're out there. This and there's a combination of this fantastic gravel riding around Anglesey particularly when the, the soil gets a bit damp again. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's great bush single track as well. So the bike park, that's another part of um, why we've campaigned hard to keep it at its current site, which is um, that it's the hub of this great trail network, which is proposed to be, well, parts of it are proposed to be formalised and and signposted and that kind of thing that often happens. And um, if, if that well, when that comes to pass, the bike park will be even more significant as a as a kind of a home base, um, offering the things that I mentioned, but also as a, you know as a home base for much broader riding and lots of other different riding styles out in the bush. Yeah, but there's uh, uh, trouble looming, and it's um, something we've discussed a few times. It's about this rezoning the state government want to do with Anglesey and also Alcoa. Um, leaving the area now. This yep. is yeah. This is threatening all this. Yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, you're right, Chris. And thanks for the coverage that you've given us previous times too. Um, Alcoa has been operating in Anglesey for over 50 years. They had a power station there, which provided quite a bit of electricity for their other operations. Um, and the power came from Brown Coal, which was mined on site. So at Anglesey, they had a brown coal mine and power station. And uh, several years ago now, it's probably five years ago, they decided that it was no longer viable for them um, to keep that going. They decided to shut it down. 
and the phase that we're in now is, is their de- decommissioning and rehab, and um, part of that is, is Alcoa deciding what to do with their parcels of freehold land. Uh, they have 143 hectares of freehold or private land. Uh, they had a whole lot of state crown land too, which was leased, um, but that's not so contentious. Most of that will go back to National Park. But the freehold land is contentious because a lot of Alcoa's proposals for it um, relate to development. It's basically a, a fairly heavy development theme with their freehold land. So the land at the moment is almost all either undeveloped, it's either industrial being ex-mining or power station site, or it's undeveloped bushland. And the bike park is one a one-hectare lease area within... 10 hectare block of land it's all bushland and Alcoa's proposal is to um, is to uh, convert all that to residential. Initially it was a high high density sort of more no, normal suburban style of residential um, but the state government's plan thus far is for a lower density rural residential um, zone which still still requires uh, bulldozing the bike park and developing an area of land which up until now has been just bushland yeah. full of kangaroos and trees and flowers and, uh, and all people, those things. Yeah, and people on bikes as Not well. Not part of town at all. It's outside yeah. the town boundary. Yeah, because that was the thing. Uh, didn't uh, your local council even offer to buy the land from the state yes. government? Yeah, they did. And uh, initially, um, you know, they were a little bit slow coming forward with that. Uh, initially they were on board with the development plans, but council sort of took some time to think about what the bike park represented and uh, and how unique it was. And really, they really listened to the petition, which had an extraordinarily strong response. And to their credit, their great credit, they, they totally came around and they they basically said, or they resolved at a meeting in May last year, to support the retention of the bike park where it was, and then they backed that up with a $500,000 offer to Alcoa to buy the site. So that would require subdividing off the one hectares and buying the site. And that offer is still on the table, and Alcoa is still saying that they have no intention of accepting that offer and and uh, retaining the bike park because their proposal is still to sell the land for, you know, rezoned. They want to secure rezoning first and then sell the uh, that 10-hectare block for development, along with quite a few other parcels of freehold land that they have that they want to develop. So, yeah, council, council was uh, extraordinarily supportive and uh, that offer is really exceedingly generous given that uh, Alcoa paid the equivalent of $50,000 per hectare for the land when they bought it, and councils offered $500,000. Um, so it's a tenfold increase in the value for Alcoa, um, plus obviously the, the benefits to the community. And you would have thought also great kudos to Alcoa because, after all, they were a partner in in developing the bike park um, now coming up to 13 years ago. So they talk a lot about their legacy, and, and they do mean it. Um, and uh, what better legacy could you have than to 
to facilitate that public purchase of the land and the retention of the bike park, which is, is just such a unique and such a loved facility. It just seems to be like, you know, they're trying to force what they want upon the, the um, community without, like, taking into consideration there's a win-win approach. Yeah, and that is puzzling, Chris, um, mm. particularly that win-win point that you make because, yeah, they've been... Uh, Pretty, pretty staunch on this and very unwilling to negotiate. Um, for example, we, we had an offer of, uh, from a person who I won't name, but from a, just a member of the public, has offered uh, a donation of around $10,000. It was to, to try and help save the bike park. Um, so, you know, we've got that offer. We haven't taken it up because we kind of don't really know what to do with it. But if Alcoa was um, was in a negotiating mood instead of this fairly belligerent stance where they refused to even enter into a conversation about it, uh, we could say, well, look, here's a person who's... One one person who's offered 10 grand. Um, there are obviously crowdfunding opportunities there that, you know, we could get some serious money to make this bike park even better, but we... We need the site. Yeah, because... It's so simple and, and such a, really, an easy win. It would be a very easy win for Alcoa. And also, like, that sounds like, you know, you've got the opportunity to set it up into a, you know, like a public trust. So, therefore, it's That's held. Right. Um, what what sort of timelines are we looking for at this with Alcoa and the state government? Uh, well, it's, it's not really clear, Chris, the, mm. the zoning time frame. Zoning, rezonings can take... Uh, a long time. Like it, it, you could expect the process to run for a year, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but as to when, the process is that Alcoa would need to lodge a development application, which is a formal application to go ahead with the things that they've that they've um, floated on their their draft freehold land plan, and then that would need to go through the the process either through the state planning department um, through w- Richard Wynn's um, jurisdiction, yep, or through Surf Coast Shire Council, and we don't actually know which of those would handle that application at the moment. Um, so that's yet to be lodged. The application we suspect will probably be lodged in in the next couple of months, and from there, there's a another there's an opportunity for public consultation. So we'll certainly try and put our best foot forward again. Um, arguing for the bike park to be retained. Um, the Surf Coast Shire has offered a buy. It's a perfect pathway for retaining the bike park. Um, so the time frame's pretty unclear, Chris, but mm. you know, we are pretty weary. Uh, it's not easy fighting... Um, I, don't know, I hesitate to use the word fighting, but trying to get a win against um, state government and a big multinational corporation like Alcoa is pretty exhausting. Uh, this has been going for a good four or five years now. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're really looking forward to the process continuing and, and coming to some kind of conclusion so we can just get on with 
Mm. Happy life at the bike park. Because mm. I can remember in a previous lifetime, it wasn't that long ago, I'd say it's only about 12, 13, 14, possibly 15 years ago, that Alcoa was a lot more proactive when they were a bit more cashed up towards community groups and were offering sums of money to community groups to uh, you know, to fund and do things. And now they've yeah. taken a, oh, well, we've just got to get out of this um, being a land manager and um, make some quids. Yeah, look, it, it, it seems like there are certain things that really suit their their own priorities, and um, and they are generous. They're, they've got a, a great record, Alcoa, for a big corporation, and they've done some good things around Anglesey. They've been a generous corporate citizen, as people say. Uh, but on this one, it just seems like, in the absence of some other explanation, it seems like they're really keen for a windfall. Um, we're talking tens of millions of dollars if that land's rezoned. And that that's, uh, yeah, their, their keenness to secure that windfall is overriding their keenness to, to be remembered it's reasonable fondly by yes. bike park people. Well, remembered fondly by uh, most people in the Anglesey area and a lot of your visitors. Now, how yeah. can people either get in touch, find out more and help out your, cam- your campaign, Mike? Uh, well, Chris, the, our petition, which is people could search for is uh, Save Anglesey Bike Park on change.org is still open but that petition's been sitting there for a fair while now and it's um, the sort of wave of activity that it generated has pretty much dissipated. Mm -hmm. I'd suggest if people can contact the Surf Coast Shire Council um, perhaps you know if they've got the energy email the Surf Coast Shire Council and just say, um, I've heard about the campaign to save Anglesey Bike Park, particularly if people have been there and they know they can picture it and they love it and they know what they're talking about. Just, uh, yeah, tell the council, I support saving Anglesey Bike Park. Um, I support council's offer and and wish you wish you well with uh, negotiations with Alcoa, something to that effect. Yeah, so is uh, there any, any way we... That, yeah, sorry? Uh, I know that your radio station's um, broadcasting through a lot of Richard Wynn's electorate. Uh, yes. Um, it, it wouldn't hurt for Richard Wynn to be contacted about this, I'd think, um, just to say that uh, we're aware of the campaign to save Anglesey Bike Park and the planning, rezoning considerations that are involved, and we we really support retention of the bike park. Um, mm. I think that's probably the best way, is through those two official planning channels, given that, that that's the phase of the of the situation that we're into now is the planning. Okay, so I'll put those uh, links into the podcast. All right. Um, and yeah. Chris, also, if anybody's on Twitter, I know that um, the Yarrabug, uh, that we've exchanged um, views on Twitter about it. If people yep. are on Twitter, um, well, I guess they can search for my name, Mike Bodsworth, on Twitter. Um, if they're following Yarrabug, they'll probably see your retweets and things like that, your, yep. your contributions and, and follow those through. So Twitter's another avenue. Um, you can reach Richard Wynn and Surf Coast Shire Council on Twitter as well. Okay. So, yeah, thanks thanks for your time today, Mike. I'll put all okay, that stuff into the podcast and um, we'll stay in touch. Yeah, fantastic, Chris. Okay, thanks heaps to okay. 3CR and to yourself. Art Auction Alert. Maralinga Pieces, Forever on Country, will celebrate decades of nuclear resistance and raise vital funds for Friends of the Earth's National Nuclear Free Campaign. 
Friday the 12th of April at Arena Project Space, 2 Kerr Street, Fitzroy. Live and silent auctions, bar, live music, doors open at 5.30pm, auction starts at 7. Featuring the works of over 60 artists, there's something for everyone. That's Friday, April 12 at Arena Project Space, 2 Kerr Street, Fitzroy, from 5.30pm. Friends of the Earth Melbourne is a 3CR supporter. And uh, that's all we've got time for today on Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio. Thank you to Mike for today's chat. And uh, as I mentioned in the intro about all the uh, bike, train, tram, whatever replacements going on at the moment, or I should say the, the train replacements, and a lot of bustration going on out there. Look up that word, bustration. Um, maybe think about dusting off the bike or just doing part of your journey on the bike. Just uh, see if you can get around Melbourne a little easier right now with all the works that are going on in April. So, listen to, uh, back to the show on podcast soon. I'll put it up on 3cr.org.au forward slash Yarrabike and uh, be mirrored on our website as well. Thank you for listening today. And uh, I'll see you in about a fortnight. Or you'll listen to me in about a fortnight. Bye. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.